0: Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. The key statements that we, I I say this every week, and why it's to try and help me to remember and you to also engage in in understanding this, is God's will is, is more about who I am Rather than where I am, so a basic example of that is God. God's more about who you are at your workplace rather than where you are at work. Whether you work at Tesco's or you work at Sainsbury's, God is more concerned about who are you when you're there. Who are? What are you bringing to the table? Are, are you bringing in? Are you bringing in a, a, a joyful spirit? Are you bringing in? A bitter spirit. Who are you? That, because, because when God loves on us, he changes us to produce love. It, we cannot do anything else except have a byproduct of love when we experience God's love and his acceptance and his joy. And so we're not, a, we're not experiencing that, then we're probably not going to give that or, we, or we, might try, we might try and do things which look like love on the surface, but if we're asking, why am I doing this? If we're really honest with ourselves, which is sometimes hard to do, we're actually doing it for the wrong reason a lot of the time. I know I am. So God's will is more about who you are rather than where. It so doesn't no matter what country you live in, you can still, you can still live out and, be, and provide God's love in whatever scenario you find, whatever family you've been brought up in, you can still be a presence of God's love in that situation. Can I get an amen? Anyone agree with me? And it's, it's, it's more about how you act rather than what you do. Sometimes we focus what, what you do is sometimes more about your position. I want to get that job because if I can get that job or if I can get that car, the what, the out, external, then maybe I will have made it or maybe I will have reached a certain level of success and feel accepted enough to feel fulfilled. So maybe if I could get that house with that many bedrooms, with that many square foot, then I might eventually feel whole. Or, or maybe if I can have that group of friends or that many followers or whatever, the what can so easily lie to us, con us into thinking that success, fulfillment, and true love is found in a what. And so we chase the what, and the pro- the beauty about when we, when we attend to God's presence, when we Commune with God, as we would call it. That's what communion is about, really. It's about being in relationship with God. We're reminding ourselves time and time again when relationship, we're not trying to achieve greatness. We're not trying to attain approval. Because Jesus died, He gave us approval. He gave us greatness. On the, He unlocked greatness in us already. So we're not trying to achieve that. We've got it at that point of salvation. And what that does is it it, it frees us from trying to please ourselves or please people because we have that comfort, we have that love. And so how we act is more important than what we have or what we do or our position or our title. And so we're going to, I need you to remember that because we're going to tap into that right now. And if you maybe, some of you have maybe heard the verse where out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth it speaks. So basically what it's saying is whatever is happening on the inside, it comes out. And so really some of us right now, we don't feel very fulfilled. We feel frustrated. It's been a long season. There might be some of that stuff going on in your life. Well, really what's going on is there's something on the inside needs sorted, needs fixed, needs cleansed, needs resurrected, needs put back into order, back into place. And when that happens, then what comes out is healthier is more whole the problem is and this is probably the worst scenario to be in is when you don't you feel empty on the inside but you're still trying to do godliness on the outside that's one of the worst places to be that's what we would even call religion because what you start to do is you start to act like a believer or a christian you start going to church but you're empty there's nothing on the inside And so what then happens is you fake it (laughs) until you try to make it. All all that happens is you burn right out. And this is why it's beauty to be in an environment, in a church where you can just say, listen, I'm struggling. (laughs) And that's the point of turnaround is when we can be honest. Because then we can get to the root of the problem. This is what I would love everyone in here to do this week and online. I want to challenge you to even just take one day or even the week and challenge yourself to be completely honest with yourself. Even if it means, I don't want to read my Bible today. I better read my Bible, I better read my Bible. But but there's something inside of you saying, I don't want to read it. Or I don't want to pray today. It's okay to be honest with those things because when you're honest, you start to nail down and you start to You start to see the lies that you've believed. Because a passionate relationship with God was always intended to be the norm, not the exception. But there are times where we're not passionate. And the reason we're not passionate is because there's something on the inside that's out of order. We've believed a lie from maybe TV that we've been watching, our friends that we've been around, and we've believed a lie that, oh, I I wish I was just um, going crazy like those guys and I would be happier that's a lie. That's a seed that can grow. And what it does is it starts to. You're basically you're starting to say, God, my I think I can do it better than you. And really, that's birthed in pride. Meaning, I know God, you, you created me. I know you gave me lungs. I, I know that I didn't make myself. I know that, that that you know my my parents only followed a process, a biological process, and and they didn't create me, but they followed a process. And I know that that. No one really has the true answer for creation apart from you, but but I think I can do better. And see, what happens in that moment, like Satan, it says in the Bible, he he knew about God, he he had knowledge about God, he was once a worshiper, but, but he then turned his back. Pride kicked up. And as soon as pride kicked up, destruction began. And that will happen the same for you. It might look fun on the on the front side. It might look fun, but it's not the full experience. Anyone realise that yet? That sometimes sin it looks like a lot of fun online, on a video, in person, out. It's fun in the moment a lot of the times, but in the big, the grand scale of things, what's the full experience? How is your marriage ten years down the line if you do that on the short front and and you enjoy the short front? What does it look ten? Like five years from now, three years from now? What's the big picture? Because that's what we're looking at here. We're looking through the lens of the big picture. The Bible shows us a story from thousands of years back, and it's the big picture of how, how humanity has been dysfunctional. That some of the things that we're, we're dealing with today, with confusion and gender, all that kind of stuff, it's been here before. It's not new, it's been around. And we just gotta be careful, and we're gonna talk about this next week. And it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a I honestly believe it's gonna be a very life-giving but truthful message next week about some of like the Bible and then real-life experience. How do we deal with that? I really feel it's gonna it's gonna help me, it's gonna help you. Um so I'm gonna go straight into the scripture, Philippines 2, verses 78. It'll be on the screen, but if you have a Bible, you can turn. It says this. Uh, it says therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, what does that mean? There's encouragement from being united with Christ. It's nearly sarcastically, hey, have you ha- have you had any encouragement? It's a rhetorical question. If any comfort from His love, there's comfort in His love. If any co- if, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tender tenderness and compassion, all these things is, these are what we get from the presence of God this is what is available to us and listen if we don't get the first part the latter part is meaningless just stop there God has intended for you to experience his comfort for his love his tenderness then make my joy complete by make, by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and one, of one mind what's this do nothing everyone said do nothing do nothing. That means compete nothing. Like no thing. There's nowhere to go in this area. Do, this is the part of God's will where you just, it's a full stop. There's no exploration. There's no, you're not supposed to even try and be creative. It's do nothing out of selfish ambition. Or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Listen, if you're honest with yourself, even for an hour, you'll know fine rightly that you don't do nothing. You'll very quickly realize, oh my word, I've done that. If I'm really honest and and self aware of my feelings, my motives, which is a really healthy place to be, they say the most successful place people on the planet today are, are the most self aware. They know their strengths and they know their weakness. The people who probably don't succeed, And aren't as faithful, even a dead job, aren't as aware, don't like feedback, aren't growers. They like to to live in this false reality that everything's okay. So self-awareness is key, and I encourage you to ask yourself this week, why did I do that? Why did I post that? Why did I send that to that friend? Why did I say that in work? Why did I respond that way? And if you're honest very quickly, you'll realize there's selfish ambition, There's there's and a lot of the time it comes from the opposite of faith, which is protection, protecting yourself. Defense, you don't trust people, you don't trust situations. The beauty about God is w- when you truly believe that God can make a table for you in the presence of your enemies, you, faith unlocks that cell. Faith allows you to treat people well that treat you bad. It doesn't mean you don't put boundaries up, and if someone's toxic, you don't, build a wall, but you can still respect them and treat them in a way that has respect. Are you with me? But you can't do that without faith in God who has already loved you because you already possess love. You're not looking for love. The problem is if we go into the world, into our world empty without God's presence, without His power, then then we're looking for love. We're looking for comfort. We're looking for tenderness. and, And what happens is we lose our values in the process. We lose our standards. We lose our our healthy boundaries and things can very quickly become toxic. And five, ten months from now, you're on a path which is hard to come back on because you're afraid of losing that time and that being a waste of time. It goes on to say, in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance appearance of a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. That's a heavy scripture. Imagine that it's God's will for you to die, like to be martyred. And I I believe within the scripture, we see that the people at the core of Christianity, that, that's how much they believe in Christianity. In Christ, that's how much they believe that He's the Messiah. They were willing to give their, lay their life down. The Bible says that no greater love has a man for a brother than to lay his life down. But that's, that's way beyond comfort. There's something deep, there's a passion deep within us all, I believe. And it's not in the comfort zone, it's something deep. It's not just by sitting in the pew or just coming in and out and la di dah. There's something that drives your spirit, that drives your heart to wake up and, and to sacrifice position. Yeah. And this is what we see with Jesus. You know, yesterday, at a scenario, we had organized, how, how crazy is this? Is this God's will? I don't know. I, I hope it was. I believe it was, but we organized Serve Day, which is our yearly, our yearly day that we serve the community we want to do it more regularly as time goes on but it was the day that we picked we, we joined with other churches all around uh, the world and it was on the 17th of July and just so happened that the 17th of July was a, a record-breaking day for Northern Ireland in regards to temperature and I'm like flip sick no one's going to show up I don't even want to show up if I'm honest can I be honest in church can we be honest good Part of me didn't want, I want to go to the beach. Is that okay, to want to go to the beach? And I don't think think it was wrong to go to the beach, but I committed to serve there. So I had to go, I'm going to fulfill my commitment despite the sacrifice. And it was interesting, as I was processing that, as as we were serving, and and this year was really cool because we got to go and do a a bunch of back gardens for some single moms and people who had a bunch of kids and just needed help, just didn't have the physical capacity to do it. And there was just something, it was as if I went beyond the selfish surface of my attitude and my desires of, of wanting to be at the beach. And I just realized in a moment, as I was seeing this, th- these women who had their hands full and their gardens were completely overgrown and the toys, it was just a mess. And they just needed a hand and they need some people to give up of what was comfortable for them to make it possible for them, just not even easy but possible to clean just a, a part of their garden and what I felt inside of me was purpose and it wasn't it wasn't found at the, comfort, the comfortable side of my attitude, it was found in the, sacrifi- the sacrificial side and, and there was a deep sense of fulfillment that, that oh I could be at the beach but I have chose to give this time up, small Act of small sacrifice really in the grand scheme of things, but something deep within me felt a deep satisfaction. And I got to the beach later. And I got on my Lilo, and it was great. But you know what? I felt far more fulfilled at day, Far more fulfilled by serving others. There's something in it, and sometimes I forget it because I don't have those opportunities as much, but there's something in us all, I believe that's at the other side of our comfort. and it's, it's purpose. And it's not comfortable. And it is a sacrifice, but it's so rich. And I believe that's the way God has wired us, the same way Jesus was so comfortable at the right hand of the Father. He had every, the whole world is in His hands. But something caused Him to get off His throne to put on skin and bone, and walk the earth and even give up his life. There was something in the purpose. It's in us all. Do nothing to impress people, do, do nothing out of selfish ambition. These are, these are some of the things that we're seeing here. What does that look like? I honestly believe the only way you can truly do that is to, to find completeness. I don't think you can go into work or to your family or to your spouse or to your children. Let's be honest. Some of us, we find a lot of value in in impressing people or in getting a certain kind of reaction. We find a lot of value in some of those things. And when they're gone, it's hard. But the same like going to the beach. It's nice, but it's kind of surface. I'm not impacting the sea, I'm not really impacting the beach or the stuff, but when you start to impact people, there's something so much richer, and I don't know, it's just, it it brings a deep sense of life, it brings a deep sense of, of, I'm born for this, I was made for this, it's in us all, there's people in this room, there's something that you have, possess, even a position like Jesus had that you have right now, and your purpose is in it. Do nothing to impress people. You see, if you do to impress people, everyone's post on Instagram, the blue skies. I laughed. I posted that. I, I fell for that. and I, I, I guess I was just excited about the blue skies and done the whole shot, you know, the, the, wee, uh, the wee story on Instagram. It's beautiful blue skies from the top of the hill. And uh, <laughs> I got, a, I got a, a very prompt text message from a good friend of mine um, saying, Phil, what are you doing? I've got eyes I can see out the window. I know it's a blue sky. He's really sarcastic, you know, one of those guys. And I kind of thought about that, and I was like, yeah, why did I post that? Was there a part of me that posted that to try and impress people about my view? Probably, if I'm honest. There probably was a percentage. And so, yet again, I'm trying to be self-aware. Why? God's will isn't just about what, it's about why. Why do you want to buy that car, Phil? Why do you want to live in that area? Why why do you want to do that at church? Why do you want to preach about that film? Why do you go to work the way you go to work? Why do you dress? Why do you ban that film? I know you like that T-shirt, but there's a a great T-shirt in Tesco's. (laughs) But but yet again, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong, but I'm asking the why. I, I think there's some things that we can do And they look the same on the surface, but one we can do with the right heart and the other we can do with the wrong. I think you can come to church to please your granny. And I think you can come to church because you want to worship God. Both look identical on the surface. You might have the same smile as you come in the door, but there's two very different reasons. And I believe one is in the will of God and one is not. And I'm not saying if you do it for your granny, that you shouldn't come, but I am saying that you should assess why. I think you should continue to come but start to ask, well, why am I here? What's the point? Do I even believe this stuff? Do I even believe God can change people's lives? Have I even surrendered my heart and give him a chance to change mine? What what about asking? Because you know what the why does? It causes you to be vulnerable and honest. Come on, who wants to live? I want to live an honest life, not a fake life. There's nothing worse than coming into fake cultures, into fake society. Remember, I was on holidays, one of my first holidays in the States. I was in L.A. Oh, my word. Went to Vegas, L.A., San Diego. All oh, was class. That's when we realized the Irish accent had power. It had power. But, but what we realized in L.A. especially, everyone was moving to L.A. to get into Hollywood and it was as if everyone's story was the same, but we just sensed, oh, I can't be a... I can't be a some of these people I don't really want... I'm not attracted to these people because it's like all outward. It's all about the what and the externals and how I look and wh- where I've acted or what movie I've been... You know, most people are just on a trailer trying to make it. And it was just... It, it felt fake. It wasn't authentic. And I think, honestly, as a culture in Northern Ireland, we have a very authentic culture like if we don't like you we tell you very honest but there's something about that authentic being authentic it it, we understand the why i think it's so important with god's will we understand why do you want to read your bible just because you should well you're losing out in so much that's because as paul said here have you what about the comfort you get what about the tender heart of god what about the encouragement the bible and the presence of god gives you that, that was his line of convincing the church. He, he, he was questioning understanding that you already know this stuff. You already know that being together in community is so rich. You already know that God's comfort is so powerful. You already know this stuff. So hey, let's start. Let's not let pride, let's not let selfish ambition. Did you know that, 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 that a church is built on Humility. A family is built on humility. Parents, they serve, they lay down their life for their kid. But a church is destroyed by pride. It, the Bible says, where there is selfish ambition or of any kind, there's all kinds of evil. Because selfishness and, and selfish ambition and the we wise, and it might be disguised with a smile, and it might be disguised by nice outward behavior, but when there's, a, when there's a heart that's impure, it's destructive. And that's why not, not everything that meets the eye is good. Only because somebody's acting right on the surface, sometimes you don't really know who somebody is until they're squeezed. <laughs> the same like a sponge. When you, when you squeeze a sponge, what's on the inside, it comes out. And that's like us. And you'll maybe realize that maybe some of the selfishness that you carry and I carry, I know I've realized some of the selfishness that I've carried is when I've been hard-pressed on all sides, when life hasn't worked out, when I've made mistakes. It, it's actually been, when I started, this is what often happens. Maybe someone breaks your heart or, 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 or situation fails or you lose a job, you know, whatever that is for you. This is what often happens. You deny it <laughs> and you point the finger. Is anyone with me? It's not my fault, it was theirs. All the politicians are getting hammered right now because we're annoyed and we want someone to blame. But, but uh, that's what we do even with our spouses in any kind of relationship, doesn't matter where, our first instance is often, that's their fault. But I challenge you in those situations, instead of trying to point the finger, ask, well, well what could I have done better? Because at the end of the day, I can't control people. I can't control organizations. I can't control really very much outside of myself. So no matter what happens in this situation, what if I chose to get better and trust that God will work out the rest? What if I chose to fix my why? To fix why I'm doing what I'm doing or why I'm worrying or why I'm trying to invest in this area of my life or situation or these friends? Why? Just to be in the in crowd? Just to go with the worldly flow? What's that look like five, ten years down the line for you? Is it, is it where you want to be? Why? Number two, be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. I'm not talking about fake humility. There's, ah, oh, I hate that. <laughs> I would nearly rather someone say, listen, I'm jealous of you. You're so, you know, you're so fortunate with that situation, rather than saying, "Oh, it's all so nice. Lord bless you." You know, when you know Fine Riley, you're faking it. You're raging right now. And part of me's glad about it. But, but this is what I'm saying about be, be real. I'm struggling with that situation. Why did my life end up this way? Why, why did I not have the upbringing that they had? Why, why we? Yet again, we went to some houses yesterday and served, and some people, some kids, they're struggling. So what do we do? That speaks to my why. That speaks to to my reasoning of why I want to see God come and change people's lives. That speaks to why I go to church. That's my why now in worship, as I see struggling people who need Jesus in their life to give them order, to give them structure, to give them the love and the compassion that they've always desired. Who knows how long some of those generational curses have been going on, but how do we stop it? Whose story do we believe? Whose story do we present to them? Just our own? Just try your best. Just go get some medication. Is that enough? We've got doctors in this church that say it's not enough. They need a community to break addictions. They need a community to break these curses and these generational patterns that are just destructive. They need a community to rise up. I believe it's the church. But the church that is not, that's self-aware, the church that's not driven by selfish ambition, trying to impress people, the church that is identified in the love of God, who are worshipers first, you are, are, are not afraid to lead the way. But, but that, that church cannot rise up without showing up in God's presence and it receiving his power. That's what Paul said at the start of the verse. Do you know his comfort? Yes. Do you know his love? Yes. So then, do not let selfish ambition creep in. Let's get out of the positions of comfort and let's tap into the power of purpose because that's where we see not just a garden cleaned, but a life cleaned and a family cleaned. We were plucking all kinds of weed. I was absolutely destroying William's strimmer. I think I wrecked it at least three times, just hitting the curb and whatever. But at least I was trying. i think I William William's definitely judging me. He's like, give someone else take that strimmer. He's wrecking my strimmer. I'm just assuming. I might be wrong. <laughs> um, I'll put our hands together for our serve team guys yesterday. (laughs) I'm going to finish with this. And this is really important. Your privilege is your pulling power. Your privilege is your pulling power. We've heard a little bit about privilege over the years. And, you know, really what we're saying is you've got more than me. And it's not fair. And I get that in the, in the world we live in, it's certainly not fair. Has anyone realized that life is not fair? That sometimes people just get a head start. Sometimes people, in, but I promise you everyone has got a fight on their hands. I don't care who you are. How, listen, this is what I find. The more privileged I am in certain areas, the more comfortable I am, the more spoilt I am, and the more unfulfilled I am. And sometimes the way for me to find fulfillment again is to sacrifice and let go of my privilege. Honestly. I've realized that, well, I'm nearly, I don't know if I like being this comfortable because I've experienced what it is to rely on God. I've experienced what it is to put faith into action and it doesn't look like me having bunch loads of stuff I actually feel more fulfilled when I release the stuff when I give it's more blessed to give than it is to receive it's so true yesterday I gave of my time and when I had, the, when I had these voices of selfish ambition chirping in my ear you should be at the beach Oh, you have to go to church you've got to go do serve day what a lie because I went and done serve day and I, I, I beat my body the Bible says and made it my slave I'm the boss not my selfish ambition, not that voice of selfishness inside of me. I'm the umpire of my soul. It's not just that selfish thought that you have time and time again that you need to do this because that person said you should or Instagram says you should or Facebook says you should. No, you're the boss. You can beat your body and you can beat your soul and make it your slave. God has given you the power to life. And so, I went and I said, oh, I've been here before. This looks like sacrifice, Phil. And as I dug deep beneath comfort, as I dug deep, as I sacrificed the idea of a perfect Saturday, the vision of a perfect Saturday that the world would tell me, I I let it go, I give it away. I'm going to serve these people today. As we sweat, and as we were uncomfortable, as I was absolutely destroying the streamer and doing a half a job most of the time. Something inside of me lit up. I believe it was purpose. Something inside of me came alive. I believe it was love. Something inside of me found peace and actually thankfulness in the sacrifice. And I believe Jesus found the same when he stepped down off the throne, and he came on planet Earth as a baby, and he walked the streets of humanity with brokenness all around him, dysfunctionality all around him, as he seen the kingdom coming, as he seen the church forming, as he began to ask his disciples to follow, as he seen the potential in their future, he no longer was just getting excited about just a location or a place or a where. He was getting excited about a person, a heart, a family, a child. It became personal to him. You see, this is what I've heard time and time again as we come to church and we're building church. And the youth, you know, have 30 kids from having three or four to 30 kids on Friday night. And our kids ministry growing week by week and new people coming. it's, It's the kids, you know, the kids ministry coming from about two people to now maybe 45 on on the register. This is what I hear time and time from parents. And you're kind of wondering, are you enjoying it? Are you getting anything from the word? Are you getting anything from the worship? Because that's what a lot of people think. Coming for worship, I want worship that I like, and that's good. I want a word that's relevant and speaks to my situation. That's good. But what I hear time and time again from parents is this. It's not about me anymore. about my kids so I'm not the priority any longer if you're doing a good job with my kids Phil even if you preach at least 50% good I'll be here even if the worship can just stay in tune a little bit just for a few verses and you all can just keep that beat for a few verses the kids ministry is good I'm coming why? because sacrifice even even I'm not used to, I'm used to more hymns, but but you're more upbeat. But, But if the kids ministry are teaching my kids the word of God, I'll come. Sacrifice, purpose. They've now entered into this place where they've came off of their throne of comfort, of just doing what feels good for a little hour or so. And they're now entered into purpose, entered into sacrifice, entered into true life. And I believe that's what we are all called to. Your privilege is your pulling power. So the question I have for you right now, where have you got privilege? Some of you, you might have privilege in being brought up in a stable home. And because of that stable home that you've been privileged with, you didn't earn, you were given. You you, you now can deal with some situations that other people can't. You, maybe you can come and give to the youth who didn't have that and give them stability. Give them some of your privilege. Sacrifice your comfort. Let them feel it. Let them discern it. Let them see what God's way looks like. Maybe some of you have got privilege in your finances. Well, what are you going to do with that? Just keep buying more stuff? I promise you it won't work. I promise you you'll become more selfish. I promise you, the person you are five years down the line won't be a better person. So so what is God asking of you? Where can you sacrifice? What can you build? Because building is humility. Building is letting go. Building is coming off the throne. Maybe for you, it's experience. Maybe you have a privilege in experience. You've went through, through some hard knocks in life. And there's some people who are struggling right now and they're feeling all kinds of anxiety because they're not used to it and they've hit a bump in the road and they don't know what to do because they've had it so comfortable. Maybe somebody with with some experience and went through some hard rocks, maybe you can come alongside and sacrifice, share some of those vulnerable stories that helped get you through. Nothing is lost in the kingdom of God. We need to work together. That's the church. It's powerful. It's powerful. Or maybe you've got some time, time on your hands. You've got some equipment. You've got to mower. <laughs> maybe you're just learning like me to mow the grass. And you've got an hour a week, and you'd love to go help someone in our community. But it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take giving up. That, ta- that time at the, the jacuzzi in the new leisure center in Craig Alvin, I know you want to go. But I'm telling you, you'll feel so much more alive with the sacrifice. Gets boring after a while, anyhow. I've been there, at least twenty times. <laughs> I'll finish with this, you know, just an example of that pulling power. This weekend we need a van. I didn't have a van. We didn't have a trailer. I have no tow bar, and we just asked some guys in the church, has anyone got one?" And one of the guys, Mark, he, he runs a, a business with cars with you, fixing cars. You need your car fixed? You're the man. I'm looking for air conditioning, quick. And, and he, he's, he has fleet insurance on his van, so he gave us his van. He, he had resource. He had plenty of it, and he decided, even though he's on holidays right now, he decided that he would get out of his comfort zone, make a few text, send a few text messages to his guys, and it was inconvenient. It was a bit risky, probably. But he used his privilege to pull us up so that we could go and do the work of the ministry. The question I have for you, what is your privilege? And where can you pull somebody up? Amen. Let's stand. I want to read some of some of these statements out about selfish ambition. And somebody who uses their privilege to pull up. So if you're a leader, you can use your power to dominate or lead. You can hoard power or you can empower others. You can take you can refuse to take responsibility, or you can take ownership for your issues and get better. You can be passive or aggressive, or you can be assertive and clear. You can isolate or you can build community. You can not work on self-control, or you can use restraint and take control of yourself. You can promote yourself, or you can promote others. You can take advantage of people, or you can respect them. You can build a case against them, or you can seek to understand. You can hide, or you can bring the truth out into the light. You can invite chaos, or you can provide peace. And that's what God has called us to choose. Why? Why am I doing this? Am I taking ownership, or am I passing blame? So I just want to give, maybe there's somebody in this room, and you need to make a decision to receive Christ. And you literally need to say, listen, God, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm choosing to believe that Jesus, you died, and you rose again to give me new life for eternity. I'm choosing to believe that the sacrifice that you made could deal with my past, could bring order to my life and give me eternal life. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life And you'd love to help us reach others. You can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Aria Church podcast.